Welcome back, friends, to the podcast of the Catholic Association. This is Conversations with Consequences, and we are a weekly podcast and radio show where you get witty and charming conversation about the topics that matter to you with the leading thinkers of our time. If you're listening on the radio, you're listening at 11 a.m. on Fridays on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And if not, you're listening for free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe at the Catholic Association.org slash podcast. And today we are doing one of our multi-location shows. And I'm in Miami in my audio closet. And I'm joined by my colleagues at the Catholic Association, Andrea picciotti Bayer, who is our legal eagle, as I keep saying. Uh, good morning, Andrea. Morning, Gracie. And we also have the pleasure of Maureen Ferguson's company, also in our DC studio. Good morning, Maureen. Great to be on today. So today we're talking to two guests of ours who are joining us remotely. They are Alicia and Mike Hernan, who run Messy Family Project. The word, the words "messy family," are um, they really resound with me? They resonate with me. I'm <laughs> part of a messy family. I come from a messy family, and I'm running a messy family at home, and I know uh, Maureen and Andrea are also running messy families that somehow are magically working out. Right, Maureen? It's the perfect name. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's a fabulous name, and even more than the name, uh, Mike and Alicia are, are passionate about what they do. They're public speakers and marriage prep experts, and Mike an MBA from Franciscan University, where he and Alicia met. And he was the vice president there before giving that up to work at the Messy Family Project. So these, yeah. this is a couple. Yes, Andrea? I was going to say, Gracie, one thing that I just learned recently is that Mike, Alicia, and Maureen all know each other from way back in the day. We were classmates, right. in fact. So I knew Mike and Alicia before <laughs> they were united and before their 10 children had come into existence. Um, so it's really fun. Oh my gosh, I hadn't, to... I hadn't mentioned that yet. But let me welcome first Mike and Alicia Hernan to uh, the Catholic uh, Association's Conversations of Consequences. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, we're happy to be here. Very exciting. And and, and hopefully we won't get into any uh, old stories there, Maureen, about our <laughs> days gone by. <laughs> hey, what happened in Steubenville stays in Steubenville. <laughs> <laughs> Go. That's never going to be a contest. That's not not going to be a contest winner with the Vegas stickers, okay, Maureen? <laughs> so you know, I was looking before this before uh, we were getting prepared for the show. I've been looking with with a lot of attention at your at your website, which is full of really interesting stuff and really valuable stuff. And also, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. You, Mike and Alicia, are very professional podcasters. Like the like the ladies of the Catholic Association. Okay, I'm exaggerating there. <laughs> and um, but yeah, it's really wonderful stuff. And I think the the purpose of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike and Alicia, is really to find um, lots of really accessible methods for families to find the strength that they need um, to be not only successful in in their marriages and raising their children, but also successful emblems of of Christian marriage and and examples to the rest of the world really inspirational examples. Yeah, and I, I think it's important, like, as they, we provide, um, as, as parents and couples um, provide that image, you know, of Christ to the world, for us to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect, that we sometimes we think that we need to be this, like, holy card family to be good witness to Christ, and that's simply not true. That's really not true. God loves us um, just not in spite of our humanity, but he loves us because of our humanity. And so it's, you know, and that's the messy part of us, you know, <laughs> and that we can just keep going and striving for holiness. And so, yeah, we try to be definitely accessible and realistic and um, because that really that's where most people are at. Most people don't feel like they're doing it right. And and that's okay. <laughs> that's right. And, and our, our hope is, too, just recognizing the reality that our world, uh, it is harder to be a parent today than I believe any time in the past. Yes. Everything from technology mm -hmm. to schools, we have a lot that's arrayed against us as parents. And we want to offer some practical tips, but also just encouragement and to walk a line alongside folks and just say, we've been there too. We've, we're with you right now. Um, and that we can do it. And the job we have is, I think, the most important job in the world. Uh, raising up these, these kids, loving your spouse, um, is, is part of how we make our world a better place. 
That, that's right. And we know um, Pope St. John Paul II talked about the family as the school of humanity. Um, yes. And that yes. parenting is such a key need in our church today. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm dying to hear how you guys got started in this ministry and how you came to this idea <laughs> and took such a leap of faith to go out on your own to, you know, as the parents of 10 children, I'm sure that was a financial leap of faith as well. But but I'm dying to hear how you came to this. And then in particular, um, you talk about intentional parenting. And that yeah. is what caught my eye more than anything, I think, because we know how our kids are like five steps ahead of us. And of course, the <laughs> culture is about 25 <laughs> steps ahead of us. So, so I'm, I'm dying to hear how you got to this ministry. And then in particular, what do you mean by intentional parenting? All right. Well, starting off light here, that's great. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but on, on the how we began, um, it was really um, a dose of insanity. No, yeah, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, we, we, we always really Holy insanity. No, but what we have always kind of had this heart for families. You yeah. know, I, I come from a divorced family, a broken family. Um, love my mom and dad, um, but. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a home that was, you know, a rich, vibrant, uh, dynamic home. And I knew I wanted something different. And we did marriage prep uh, for many years and just different things, couples groups, Bible studies, and just on our own, you know, kind of thing. And then as we, you know, hit a different season in our life, uh, we really said, God, we want to do something more for you. And at that time, we had um, lots of uh, siblings and, and other family members who really kind of pushed us to say, you guys really should do this uh, a podcast on, on family because they were coming to us, you know, for advice. And even a, a priest who basically said couples need to hear other couples talking about how to deal with struggles in their marriage and challenges in their parenting. Or even like things like getting kids to eat their food or like getting through mass with a toddler, you know, like even just practical, mm -hmm. right, very like simple easy things. things. Practical yeah. things. And yeah, which I think, I think there's a gap sometimes, you know, that, that we have a lot of kind of theories, and we wanted to not be these theoretical experts, but really practical, uh, practical helps. And so we started a podcast, and we thought it would be our family that listened, and, and it slowly, <laughs> by word of mouth, just kind of grew very quickly. Um, and, you know, we ended up, uh, now we're, we're, I think it's a little over uh, 20,000 listeners every, uh, every month That's to crazy. our program. And, um, <laughs> really and, and that has change things yeah it, there's a need and it's resonating exactly yeah it what what the the growth of the podcast has said to us is not necessarily that we are like these experts at um at podcasting or that we have the slick marketing scheme because we certainly don't but simply <laughs> that there's that there's a need that there's a need that what we are offering just speaking just as an older brother or sister you know just as parents who are further down the road than than other people but just to be able to say, hey, guys, just watch out for this. And here, there's a little shortcut over here. And hey, watch out for that. And oh, there's a, this is really fun. Make sure you do this. And so just to really be a mentor. Um, and I think that young couples, young families are longing for that. And, and we are very happy that God has basically called us into this place to be that mentor. Um, and that's, it's really responding to even the longing of our hearts to give, to give away in that, in that manner. Alicia, absolutely, because I feel like I have read so many books on parenting, but the yep. thing that has been most helpful to me is talking to other parents that I look That's up right. to and I admire the way they're managing their families. And, you know, in many cases, they have kids who are a few years older than my kids, so they've kind of exactly. been through uh, whatever stage of parenting I'm entering. So I feel like talking to people and hearing from people is, you know, even so much better than a book. Um, yeah, so, th so this idea about, I'm, I'm going to bring you back to this because I think it's yep. so important, <laughs> but getting <laughs> couples to think about their playbook ahead of time. I just think this yep. is so brilliant. And, um, and I wonder if you guys could elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, basically what that comes from uh, uh, all of our podcast material, really, it, it just comes from our experience. This is, this is what we have done. And, um, God has called us into this, I think, because Mike and I are both external processors. And so we just talk a lot. Like we just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And, talk. and so when we, um, you know, we're young parents 
And when we were trying to figure things out, there would be times when, you know, life is just so busy. You know, it's just crazy and you're just managing like these five kids under the age of seven and you're just trying to get by and you don't have time in the moment to deal with kids who aren't getting along or someone who's lying or whatever. And if you're just trying to constantly react, then you don't have a good plan. And so what we would do is that we would just kind of like after the kids are in bed or we go out on a date night and be like, okay, we need to stop. We need to talk about this problem that we're having with such and such a child or within our family. How are we going to do this differently? What is our plan? And just to regroup as a team and really seeing ourselves as a team in discipline and in the formation of the culture within our family. And so we come together, make a plan and be like, okay, break, Hernan's go. (laughs) You know, and and I think, I think that that's something, I think that's something that a lot of families haven't stopped. I think that's why you're resonating because a lot of families are just living sort of in the crisis to crisis of of each day to day moment. Right. When, especially when you have smaller children, but the crises of course keep happening as the children get older, you have bigger crises as they say. And is that is and, this um, and, this playbook and this and this way of sort of taking a step back and and evaluating each child and the situation within the family in a very um, intentional way? Is this what you mean by intentional parenting? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and I think a big thing for uh, for us and really obviously the wisdom of the church is that you know you're first married and then you have children. Um, at least that's the hopeful plan uh, that that, we, that the Lord puts before us, but that you as a couple come together. Because I remember, um, Maureen, you mentioned about reading books, and, and sometimes when you read parenting books, you have these experts, and those experts can say, you know, they're conflicting, you know, information that are leading you in two opposing directions. Oh, gosh, but ultimately so what true. you need to do is end <laughs> up with a, a plan that you and your spouse are going to support each other. And so having that idea beforehand, having the thought so you're not always reacting and shooting from the hip. Again, life happens, and you, don't, you can't prepare for everything. But the more that we can sit down and have that unity as a couple on how we're being intentional, how we're being thoughtful, how we're thinking ahead, what do we want for our, our dynamic and our relationships in the home? What does you know, what, what our discipline look like? What does our... Um, you know, the, the things that we really value and prioritize in our home so that you as a as a, a, a couple united can provide kind of an anchor of support for your home. And that's really that parenting as a team um, is, is so essential for the culture in your home. Mike and, and Alicia, like one the, this is Andrea. Right. I was um, just struck when you were talking about the books. One of the things that I always got teased about, I have 10 kids too, and each pregnancy I would pull out the what to expect while you're expecting book because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and always, and start over. Uh, and, and I was thinking uh, a bit about that even though we're getting a lot of mixed signals and things, um, parenting is um, a full-time and, and continuous process. And just because you've parented a few kids doesn't mean that you have to stop being intentional about parenting those that come afterwards. And um, I I hope we can talk a little bit about the materials that you guys are providing. And I um, went back to that topic and that theme about I've got to be more intentional and started downloading some of the great resources that you have, because I need to be more intentional with my little ones. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we thought um, we have when we had nine children and we got pregnant with our 10th, we thought, okay, you know, have nine children, get one free, right? This, <laughs> easy, this one will be easy. You make, yeah, she gave it's us a run easy. for the month. You know, you know, she continues to, yeah. So, well, and they're, <laughs> they're their own perfect universe. They're each That's originals. <laughs> Every child is different. <laughs> it, it's so true. What, what you think worked for one just doesn't work for the next it's most certainly the most humbling job in the world and just when you think you have it figured out you realize you don't um yes. so, and so, i think that that's really important to have that humility you know to, and that's how god continues to form you and change you i think we need to look at our children and see yes it, it is my job to communicate our values to be to image christ to them you know all of that to create an environment for them to grow but in turn they are there. They are forming me. You know, they are they are refining me <laughs> mm-hmm. and shaving off my rough edges. 
And, you know, we say in our talks, like, God must obviously think Mike and I need a lot of work because he kept <laughs> giving us more children, you know. Wow. But, but each one of them um, refines us and changes us and, and hopefully makes us more prepared um, to enjoy heaven someday. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what this parenting thing's all about, about getting to heaven. So, so tell us about some of these practical resources. I love the idea of the family board meeting. I love that it includes yes. the idea of going away with your spouse for a weekend, which <laughs> I think is so important because Yay. we know I love that, that part. right. We know that your marriage is the most important thing for your children. Um, so, right. so tell us what you recommend at this formally family board meeting. Yeah, so uh, the, the family board meeting, I mean, you started off right, is that, you know, the, the best uh, way to set your family up for success is to make sure that you're strengthening and ongoing and, you know, every day strengthening that marriage. So getting away, uh, we begin, um, we recommend beginning, and it's a free download on our site for anybody who wants to get it at messyfamilyproject.org. Um, but the, the family board meeting, you first kind of honor your spouse. You begin by just recognizing the gift that they are to you um, and to your family. And then you take, again, if you've done this before, look back and say, kind of like you would in any kind of corporation, and say, this is, this is Hernan Inc., or your family incorporated, and we're the, we're the, the, the CEO and the president of the, this corporation. And we're saying, what was good? What was successful? And then you dream and say, where do I want to be in, in five to ten years? Mike, I really like the idea of um, taking time out of the normal routine and really thinking strategically. One of the things I also think is, is great, um, and I observed this at the Ferguson house a couple days ago I was over visiting, is they had kind of a breakout session where Maureen's husband was sitting down at the table with one of the boys and reviewing kind of things that were going to be going on in the next few days and pulled in mom to double check about schedules. And it was this really wonderful thing to kind of observe the naturalness. And I'm I'm sure once you get in the habit of really planning and working together as a a family unit, as a team, as parents, um, those natural breakout sessions are probably a wonderful dynamic that happens as well. Is that something that you've seen in your own family and in, in some of the groups that you've been working with? Yeah, yeah, because once you get on the same page with some of the big stuff, then the other smaller things kind of fall into place. I mean, because we often end up becoming kind of shuttle drivers or logistic uh, engineers, you know, trying to navigate where our kids are going or what's going on here, who's going there, which is so important. Uh, but when we kind of have the building blocks of our home, uh, in place, and we know where it all fits, and we know kind of what our top priorities are, then these other things, have you have breath, and you have time, and you're not, again, just running from one crisis to another, and then you can invest in those relationships and have those very key things and saying, yeah, we want to make sure we're always doing this on a weekly basis or whatever uh, to make sure our, our home is still united to our bigger plan, bigger vision. And you really need to make sure that we don't allow the culture to parent our children and that you have to be very intentional about the culture that you're creating within your home. And that's part of what we, you know, that we have another whole download, um, a whole series on family culture, which is something that we just feel like is the secret weapon for parents, is that when you, if we need to, to help to um, protect our children from the culture of this world, which is really a pagan culture, what we need to do is that we need to create a culture within our home that is more compelling and more and stronger um, and more attractive than the culture of the world. And, and that, again, happens through conversations, through being intentional, through making a plan and, and working that out um, with your spouse and with your children. Well, I think you hear the music, Mike and Alicia. That's uh, our signal that we have to go to break. And we'll be right back with Mike and Alicia uh, Hernan of the Messy Family Project. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Conversations with Consequences, which is the podcast and radio show of the Catholic Association. I'm uh, talking to you from Miami, from my audio closet, and I am joined in studio in D.C. by my colleagues, Andrea Picciotti-Bayer and Maureen Ferguson. Hello, ladies. Hey, Gracie. Hey, Gracie. And also with us, we have Mike and Alicia 
Hernan, who are kind, who have been kind enough to join us to talk about their really fascinating um, mission uh, called the uh, Messy Family Project, and they they have a website and they have a weekly podcast, which is listened to by many many thousands of people, which is wonderful, and they have a lot to to impart to couples and and families about intentional parenting and other other broad categories that I want to ask Mike and Alicia about what are what Mike and Alicia what are the um, sort of the broad categories of resources that you have to offer young younger families and families that are experiencing sort of life in this modern culture well our most important resource I think that we can give you is our the podcast itself um, we have over a hundred podcasts I think we're going on 120 podcasts now about various um, topics. Basically, our four main topics, we talk about um, uh, spirituality in the home, parenting, marriage, and things that have to do with family culture. So those are like kind of our broad categories of things that we talk about. And then if you go, there's a search bar. You can even put in like toddlers, or you can put in teenagers, and it'll show you all of the podcasts we have on all various topics, um, some very serious, some a little bit lighter, um, but everything is very practical, very, very practical. And then in addition to the podcast, Ooh, Alicia, on our this website, is Andrea. I wanted just to say yeah. one thing for everyone listening. It's really nice to listen to you guys. <laughs> I've, I've been oh, listening to you. some of the podcasts, <laughs> and you're like, first, you're super adorable. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, no, and it's a really nice um, relationship that you can see the two of you show. So it's, it's not just being talked at. But it's, it's really listening to a, a lovely conversation between two people who clearly love each other, love their, their children, and, and really want the best for families. So I would highly, highly, highly encourage people to add to the thousands of people already listening to your podcast. Oh, thank you. You know, actually, it's so funny because that's something that I really didn't expect or think about. But we have a lot of people say that to us. Exactly what you just said is that it's the conversation. It's like the interaction between the two of us. Right. that really strikes people. Yeah, it's very much a conversation. It's basically like recording. Mike and I are a conversation that we're having about <laughs> stuff to do with our kids or thoughts that we have about things. So yeah, it's very conversational, for sure, okay. casual. And, and, oh, go ahead, and, Mike. And, and it, in addition to the, the podcast itself, which is kind of the mainstay, one of the things that we really try to do in the podcast, and then we've created some, some kind of written uh, resources to go along with this, is really to be that conversation starter between spouses. Right, and right. So we, we start a conversation, and we hope that it sparks something. And that's what we have found is that um, those who comment back are like, well, this sparked a whole new level of conversation with my husband and I, or mm -hmm. my wife and I are now talking about this issue for the first time. And so that's the hope with the podcast. And so we've created resources um, you know, that they can print out, use on their, on their device, so that they can go deeper and become more intentional and more united um, in their plan. And we, and we talked earlier about the whole family board meeting. We have a whole resource on how to do that. We have a, um, actually two different podcasts on uh, the family board meeting and how to kind of have it, how to do it, how to host it. Um, we also have the, uh, the Messy Family Guide to Discipline. And, uh, and so we kind of go through some, some basic principles and, and ideas on discipline, but also each one has worksheets and questions because we don't want to say one size fits all. Like we're, right. we're not trying to promote the Hernan way of parenting. We're trying mm -hmm. to both share our example and witness, but also give principles and say these are things you need to consider because, you know, outside of the moral bounds of, of the church, there's a lot of prudential judgment in parenting. Things that yes. your family, the Ferguson family, mm -hmm. is going to look different than, than our family. Or, you know, and, and there's a beauty to that. And we need to basically prevent, present materials that give couples um, confidence in what they're doing, but also yeah. freedom to do it their own way. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have other Mike, I have to tell on, you, like, when, I, when the first time I went on your website, the very first thing I did was download your, your discipline guide. Because uh, <clears throat> I only have five children, but they only. they are only a challenge five. at every age. The discipline and and I want to I want to form them uh, into yeah. people of of noble character and very high ideals. And 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 it's just it's a challenge that just keeps changing as their situations change, as as the the culture keeps attacking them different you know differently at 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 each age, at each different age. So I I think discipline 
is a very challenging thing today in the United States in, in our in the culture the way we find it. I totally agree. We actually did a survey of our listeners uh, about a year ago, and we, or I guess last fall, and we asked what was the, the greatest pain point and frustration um, for you um, in your marriage and family life. And it was like 80% of the people came back with discipline and how to do it, and we're not feeling it. like we're consistent. And so we created this, you know, um, this, you know, 12 page uh, document um, to really share some big principles to, you know, to, to, again, spark those conversations. And each um, of these, I think four sections, if I remember correctly, um, of that has a worksheet on after each section to kind of help process because sometimes you can hear uh, a talk or even a podcast and then you walk away and we want to create takeaways so that they begin to incorporate that and develop a better plan together. Because again, in discipline, we need to recognize that it, it's a loving act. It's part of our job as parents. There's nobody, no coach, no teacher, no mentor mm -hmm. is going to have the place that a parent has in the life of their child. And, and discipline is pretty key in, in making that all happen and make that work. So that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a really important part. Now, just before the break, we were talking about the idea of family culture and building and creating your own family culture in your home. And um, yes. I just love this whole idea uh, of building family culture. And I actually first came across you guys um, with I, I, someone forwarded me your email on family board games. And so just even having a particular list of great family board games that can, you know, be great for your 20-year-old and for your 8-year-old, just practical tips like that. I mean, it totally inspired us to, okay, we haven't done a family game night in forever. Let's just no. take the time and do it. So, so tell us more about that. I see you have these boxes. There's a summer box, an advent box. I mean, these are great <laughs> ways to build family culture. Yeah, one of the things that we are actually promoting right now that's available to anyone, if you go and visit our website, is our um, family retreat uh, family retreat weekend. And we are recognizing that, you know, your family culture is more than just um, just the fun stuff that you do, but it's also the spiritual life of your home. It is it's your marriage. It's developing relationships between siblings. It's developing relationships between you and your children. So there's a whole network of relationships that are happening. And we really want to encourage people to develop their own family identity. So your children know, I am a Hernan, like I am a Ferguson, like this is who I am. And because when they have the strength of that identity, that will help them to, again, to withstand any pressures of the world. But it's also preparing them to know, I am a son or daughter of God. I am God's child. And to have that strength of knowing who you are is a great gift to our children. And so we developed this family retreat that kind of like outlines a lot of fun stuff, a lot of like team building activities, um, you know, prayer things that you can do with your kids to really strengthen that culture, kind of kickstart it, if you will, right. you know, give you a time to come together for the weekend, do this with your kids, and then kind of like shoot out to really, again, to be intentional about the culture that you have in your home and just to help your children develop their relationships and ultimately their identity of, of who they are um, before God and just within your family. Because one of the things that we have, um, we strongly believe, we had somebody else say this to us, that if, if you want to pray with your kids, you need to play with your kids. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and, and I think there's, you know, whether it be That's the family game night or... You know, and it's just like we've got to fill them up. We've got to, you know, yes. pour into them. And it, and it creates a greater platform to, for us to teach and to invite them into relationship with Christ. When, when we all start our families as, as young parents, oftentimes we're all in and we're reading all sorts of books and, and getting together with other young couples to talk about issues of family. And, and I know that it's very easy to think that we're experts and as time goes by, kind of not revisit the notion of <laughs> the culture of our families. Could you guys talk a little bit, because you're entering a unique phase that, that all of us on the call are probably going to be entering soon, where our, some of our kids are starting their own families. And how yeah. that's kind of added, a, not a new identity, but a uh, kind of more a different facet and a new layer to your family's culture. 
Because yeah. you know, the first thought I have, and I'll let Alicia comment, but first thought is, I'm getting tired sometimes. You know, <laughs> we're not oh, like exhausted. <laughs> but it is, it, 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 it changes and shifts. Well, one thing that I've been realizing is like going off of like my saying, like he's tired. I feel the same way. But um, but you're never done. You know, like you're yeah. never done. You're never done growing in holiness. You're never done growing in relationships. You're never done learning more about yourself and your own weaknesses. And I, I actually look at my parents. I'm the second of 10 children myself, and I have 10 children. But my parents are in their 70s, and they are such an example to me hmm. of people who are still growing and still pursuing holiness and still recognizing that, like, you've never arrived. You can't be like, okay, I'm 50. God's done working with me. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen that way. And sometimes I think as young parents, you just think, oh, I just need to get through this. And then, and then I'll, you know, then I'll be done. Or look at Mike and Alicia. Oh, they've, they've got it down. They know what they're doing. No, no, no. We're all still walking this journey. Like we're all still walking this journey until our last breath. God is going to continue to teach us and change us. And when your vocation is the married vocation, he is going to be teaching you and changing you through your children, whether that child is two or whether that child is 32 or 42. And he continues to use our children in our lives because that's, that's his plan. That's the vocation of marriage. And no, just one way, thought. one way I think, oh, sorry, Mike, go, you, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, talking about you're, you're one of 10 and you have 10 children. One of the ways I think you must be helping the people that listen to you and the people that, that download, download your materials and go to your website is presenting the picture of a healthy, numerous family and a family of a lot of children and, and a family yeah. that, uh, and parents that find joy. And, and, a, and a way of being intentional and, and strong and, and finding, um, not, not being, you know, people say, well, you, once you have more than two, you're outnumbered, right? And, yes, yes, and, exactly. and, and you show them that life with lots of children is just life with more blessings. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to show people because I, I find my experience with most young families or modern families is that they have fewer children, but their children are very scheduled and they they're very mm. um, they're very the parents themselves are very harried even by just having a couple children yeah. because you know they keep yeah. these really intense schedules they drive themselves insane you know to the, the sort of mm. finding these um, I think they think the path to success for their children or maybe their picture of success are children with lots of accomplishments sort of material accomplishments and yes. yeah. and I wonder if you see yourselves like is that a part of the way you see yourselves as presenting sort of a, a family with with lots of children as blessings and not sort of a, a narrow vision of family. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely see that as part of, you know, the, the interesting factor, you know, it's, it's the uh, bearded lady at the circus. Oh, it's interesting. They have 10 kids. Who are these? People? <laughs> people yeah. to us, Alicia you know? does not have a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the idea of, of having a large family, again, everyone's blessed with different number of children. Um, God, God has a, a, a great and wonderful plan for all of us. Um, there are, are challenges, but there's so many blessings that come with that because when, um, you know, I, I, we, have, we have friends and, and family members who are only able to have one or two children, and, and there's really a cross for, for many people with that. But there are challenges that are inherent with having, you know, one or two children because you might be tempted as a parent to do a lot of things for them, to do things that if you had 10 children or five children, you just simply couldn't do. And, and there are, uh, you're re- potentially removing some opportunities for that child to step into dependence and maturity um, in a way that they, they don't. And then you as a parent feel like, oh, well, I've got to give them all these things. But really the things that last are relationships, time with you. It's our most valuable commodity is our time. What we give of our time to our kids, they know that they are loved. They know that they belong sense of identity and, and belonging that that can't be replaced. And so you know that, that our kids lost as being one of the herd, that they aren't known individually and loved uniquely. Mike and Alicia, could you guys um, share if there were any kind of lovely surprises that you guys experienced um, both personally and as a family in undertaking this ministry and 
in things that people were interested in hearing about? Mm. Yeah, well, we, um, first of all, I think the biggest surprise to us was simply <laughs> the growth of the podcast and that people wanted us to, to come and speak and like they wanted to hear what we had to say because we just kind of saw it as this very, and it's a very simple offering. We use the, um, the image of the loaves and the fishes a lot. You know, in our ministry, we just feel like we're giving the simple things to the Lord and just allow Him to to multiply it. And um, and actually, the, one of the reasons that we did the family retreat box is because we when we would mention it, like in our podcast, like how about just a side thing, not even a podcast unto itself, but just this little like side note of something that we do, and then in our talks when we would mention it as a way to grow in relationship with your children to take your children away, take your family away on a little retreat, mm-hmm. people would, and during question and answer time, inevitably they would say, hey, you mentioned this. Can you tell us more about that? Tell us. They were intensely interested in this idea of taking your family away to just work on your relationship, not with another retreat center, you know, not with some counselor or something, but just to be together. And, and I think that kind of surprised us too, because this, this idea of like the family retreat is something we just developed ourselves. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't even remember exactly why we started yeah. doing it, you know? Yeah. We just kind of just started doing it with this idea of kind of like gathering our children back together and recentering ourselves over the summer. And so I think that's kind of surprised us um, that these, these, because we certainly being a parent is hard. Like it, it's, it's hard and it's, it's hard no matter if you're doing it for five years or 25 years and I think that um, I think that that's kind of surprised us that these little things that we've done as we stumble along have been a blessing to other people. But I think I think that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, it's such one, a blessing. One, one surprise, one surprise that that um, that I, I remember us seeing is that in, in our travels we have just you know met with some bishops and different priests. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, who have basically said, this is what we need. We need yeah. to invest more in the family. It was very encouraging. Mm-hmm. It actually was surprising as we talked to different bishops and, and, and pastors that they see the, the family as so crucial. Well, it's a domestic uh, the domestic church, right? The, church. the strength yes, of the church exactly. is, is relies yeah. so much on the domestic church being strong. And, yeah, and but, it, but also, just, there's not there's very little that is there, there's just the beginnings of a lot of that effort right now is happening. Um, so I think they're recognizing it, but they're also just now putting resources behind that. Right. And and so speaking of investing in the family, hmm. um, your material, your podcast, your resources, these downloads, the worksheets, it's all blessedly free to all comers. Um, yes. But you do have monthly patrons, I understand. So how how does one sort of become a member? Or how can one support your work? Yeah, so right on our website, we have a little place for people to give, and that can be a one-time gift to support um, the work of, of the Messy Family Project. Uh, but we also really are encouraging people to become monthly supporters for $25 a month. Um, and with that, our hope is is that we can enrich family life. And so like the family retreat kit, we give a lot of the stuff away for free, but we also kind of have procured and, and, and curated a bunch of products that we give away on a regular basis. We had an Advent box that we gave away during Advent. Basically everything you're giving you need away to our monthly patrons. To our monthly patrons. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know and, and we want to make it so that it, it that not only are you helping us, but we're also returning the favor as a thank you gift. And we've bundled up a whole little uh, kit for a family retreat and a summer fun uh, bag that we're we're also giving to our as a thank you to our monthly patrons. That's how we're sustaining ourselves. We we have um, our Sunday visitor was gave us an initial grant, which was so wonderful of them. That was a big surprise actually that they approached yeah. us about it. That was huge, yeah, um, and uh, it helped us launch into this. Um, but really, we we see long term our listeners and those who can kind of come alongside us as partners and monthly supporters as the the means uh, for us to sustain and. Continue to do what we believe God's called us to do is serve families. And we really, I feel very strongly that the podcast and that the resources, downloadable resources are free because I know that there are young moms out there who even if we charged, you know, $5 a month or a dollar per podcast, they wouldn't do it because they're trying to make ends meet. And I I just feel for those young families. And so we really want to make um, the podcast available to, to anyone anyone who needs it and really that's only possible by people who 
support us and who want to see this ministry thrive. Well, I hope that Advent box contains the four candles because I don't think I'm the only one who's running <laughs> around at the last them. minute before those that first Sunday find. of Advent <laughs> looking I for know. those candles. I know. Well, I, I've, I've been there so many times. That's why we did it. <laughs> Mike and Alicia, it's been so so kind. It's so kind of you to have joined us for this podcast. And can you tell our listeners where how to find you on the web? Yes, so you can visit. We have everything available at MessyFamilyProject.org, MessyFamilyProject.org, um, and um, all the places you can find um, you know, your podcast. You can find the Messy Family podcast as well on iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Google Play, everywhere uh, as well. Well, I think you're doing a lot of good. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. No, and it's, <laughs> it's a wrap-up for me. <laughs> it's really, it's wonderful. It was such a treat to be able to interact with you guys Um like I said, I've enjoyed so much listening to you, and I actually think um, there's so many things that we put our money into. Um, I'm planning on becoming a member. I think it's a great investment for my family, for myself, mm -hmm. and to be able to thank support you. you would be a great honor. I'm definitely oh, becoming thank a member, so too, and it's so great to talk <laughs> to you both after so many years and after you have multiplied since I've last been <laughs> in regular touch with you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for having us. It is a pleasure. Thank you. Every morning, the Catholic Association reviews all the latest news and sends you a carefully curated collection of the most important news of the day. Items are specifically selected for a smart Catholic audience like you. Don't let the world take you by surprise. Subscribe to our daily media roundup and our podcast at www.thecatholicassociation.org. So this week, the piece that caught our eye was a piece in The Hill entitled Faith-Based Health Clinics Spurn Contraceptives Under Trump Rule. And I thought this was a perfect topic for this week because it is NFP, Natural Family Planning Awareness Week. Um, and I think there's so many misperceptions about what NFP is, and the media is constantly trying to attack it. And um, right now, what's happening with this new Trump uh, administration regulation is that abortion clinics um, that receive taxpayer funding may not do referrals for abortions. And so what's happened is a lot of that money is being redirected towards women's health centers um, that offer truly a comprehensive range of services. Um, and many of them are promoting alternatives to dangerous things like contraceptives, um, hormonal-based IUDs. Um, and so this is an interesting development. I see it as an opportunity to highlight um, the, the good that NFP is. And um, it's something that's very personal to me. Uh, the church's teaching on contraception is what brought me into the church. You know, it's very radical and countercultural, but interestingly, more and more, um, the culture is catching on to the fact that it's a really positive and holistic alternative to contraception. And Ashley, I think this is a great move uh, on behalf of the Department of Health and Human Services to open up these Title X family planning grants to groups like Obria, who are trying to offer um, the services that women are looking for in organizing and, and spacing out pregnancies and really understanding that many women don't want what has only been offered by Planned Parenthood, which is an artificial look at how their family should be um, comprise, comprised and instead really want the supports that Obria is giving. Um, it's... <laughs> What's so wonderful is that these groups like Obria, these clinics, um, they're actually offering women a real choice. Um, and so I think that's that's something that we need to remember here. This is a real choice for women to make um, to make decisions about their reproductive health, to be in control of their bodies and to understand how their bodies work. Well, and to do so consistent with their beliefs, their faiths, or their desires for kind of a healthy living. This week, as always, Father Roger Landry brings us a short but brilliant homily on this week's Sunday Gospel. You can find Father Landry's homilies at his website, catholicpreaching.com. Hi, everyone. It's Father Roger Landry. And let's turn together to the consequential conversation Jesus wishes to have with each of us this Sunday. It's about the most consequential conversation of all, which is our conversation with God we call prayer. The disciples, seeing Jesus praying, asked him, 
teach us how to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. The Jews had been breastfed on prayer. The Psalms are about prayer. There are so many examples of prayer in the Old Testament, Moses and Abraham and Elijah. But they knew that there was something different about Jesus' prayer. And they wanted him to reveal to them his secret. He reveals that same secret to us this weekend. We can't talk about his answer enough because especially in our day, prayer is the most important thing we need to learn how to do. St. John Paul II at the beginning of this third Christian millennium said, we have to learn how to pray. It can't be taken for granted. We need to learn the art of prayer ever anew from the lips of Jesus himself. It would be wrong, he said, that ordinary Christians can be content with a shallow prayer unable to fill their whole life especially in the face of the many trials to which today's world subjects faith, they would not only be mediocre Christians, but Christians at risk. Jesus teaches us how to pray in several ways. He teaches us by his own contagious example of prayer. He teaches us by the recorded examples we have of his praying, which, for example, he always turns to the Father and asks for something. Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, for having hidden these things from the wise and the clever, but revealing them to the merest of children. Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me. Father, glorify your name. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus was always teaching us by the recorded prayers in sacred scripture. He teaches us by so many of the images he uses about the proper dispositions to pray. This Sunday, we'll hear him talk not only about praying as a beloved son or daughter, but also praying with perseverance. What I want to focus on mostly, however, is what Jesus teaches us through what we call his prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. This Sunday, we get St. Luke's version of the Our Father, which is a little bit shorter than St. Matthew's version. What can we make out of the fact that the words are slightly different? Precisely that Jesus wasn't trying to teach us a magic formula or an open or a spiritual open sesame for us rigidly to follow. He was trying to teach us the proper dispositions about prayer as well as the sequence of the things we should be desiring. So what do we see in the Our Father? First, he helps us to focus on God on hallowing God's name rather than making a name for, him, for ourselves, on God's kingdom rather than our building one for ourselves, on God's will being done rather than our pretending we're God and doing our own thing. This shows us that prayer is not fundamentally about changing God and his plan, but changing our lives to align ourselves to what God has ordered for our and others' eternal good and happiness. And after we've started with God and set our hearts aright, then he teaches us to ask for things for ourselves and others that we really need. Notice he doesn't instruct us to ask for a red Corvette or a svelte figure or a beach house in Palm Beach. He essentializes our needs. We ask him to give us each day our daily bread, what we need to survive, knowing that he will not forget about our needs tomorrow. We ask him to forgive us our sins as we forgive others because we're always in need of his mercy and he wants to sculpt us to be merciful like him. Then he has us pray not that, that he has us pray that we not fall when tempted because we will face temptations just like Jesus did, but we know that we won't face them alone for he'll be there to strengthen us. And we pray that the Father will deliver us from the evil one with his fatherly protection in this world and forever. These seven things, first God's holy name, kingdom, and will, then what we will need to survive, forgiveness, strength, and temptation, deliverance from sin, evil, and the devil, are things Jesus teaches us that we should be regularly conversing with God in the lifeblood of Christian life we call prayer. This Sunday, we say to him, Lord, teach us to pray, and he doesn't let us down. God bless you. Thank you so much, Father Landry, for your weekly gift of a short homily on this week's upcoming gospel. Always such a pleasure and so inspiring and so preparatory, right, for, for the, what's coming up this week. And um, we've had, I think we've had a great show because uh, Mike and Alicia uh, of the Messy Family Project, I don't, I don't know about you, but they've filled me with good resolutions because at the beginning of summer, 
when the house is full of children all day and um, for instance, one of my children, my children keep coming back. My older children keep coming back for a little break, for a little vacation. And I, I have all these wonderful plans for the summer, but I need to be intentional about it. That's a great word. I'm going to be using that a lot. Mm-hmm. I need to be intentional about it and make lists. And there's certain things that I need to do with each, with each of my children and with my husband that has to get done this summer when there's time. It's so true because life is just too busy and we really are consumed by the urgent all around us. And it's so important to take that time out to be intentional, to plan ahead and and focus on the important rather than just the urgent. I really like the fact that they have kind of guides and supports to pull away from the day-to-day running around and regroup as a family. And um, like the idea of that summer package, summer box, and a family retreat are great reminders that we need to kind of do a hard stop to the movement and and look at where our family's going. I was going to say, Gracie, a number of years ago, I was at a family retreat in Rome, and this beautiful bishop um, responded to a question about what should we do to be a better family for the church and for the world, and he said simply, just be happy and let people see you happy. And the Hernans are such an example of that great joy in living their life joyfully as a unified family. It was really great. And isn't that the best gift we can give our children is a cheerful and luminous home? You know, a home that their friends want to visit and a, a home that's full. It's yeah, so not true. just of good teaching and good values and, and all the right plans, but also a home that, that inspires smiles, right? And mm-hmm. you walk in the door. I feel that way when I go to your house in Maureen's. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You guys are very bright and cheerful homes. Well, that was a wonderful show. Thank you, Maureen and Andrea, for joining me in 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 our Washington studio. And I can see you on our camera on Zoom, which is wonderful because I don't get to see you that often, but that's great. And uh, so you've been listening to Conversations with Consequences, which is the podcast of the Catholic Association. I'm your host, Gracie Christie. And as I said, I was joined in studio by Andrea Picciari-Bayer and my other colleague, Maureen Ferguson. And please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or go to thecatholicassociation.org slash podcast. Rate and review the show and please recommend us to your friends. And we'll be talking to you next week.